Hi there, and welcome to One Less Die, a Shadowrun and gaming actual play podcast. And this is Tales from the Hard Drive, Hard Drive, Hard Drive. Uh, I'm your host in the GM, Chris, and with me is one of my players. I'm the wizard. My this... name is also Aaron. Thank you. Uh, and we're just doing a quick little blurb, um, like intro, like recording for uh, the next campaign that's getting posted my inaugural Pathfinder campaign, probably my only D and D campaign, that, uh, the one the one big D and D campaign that I ran. I can't think of any. Others I've never that you run. Ran. Yeah, I, this was the big one. This is the one that I was like, all right, I'll give Pathfinder a try. I've I've played I've played Cthulhu D twenty enough. Yeah, <laughs> we'll play, yeah. We'll play, and you guys are like, you guys have been like, we were jonesing huh? for some for some fantasy more standard ish <clears throat> Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, so we that's what we played. Dat world because it's not dis world, it's dat world. All right, so the reason why it's why like so because it was basically supposed to be like the premise for dat world was anything goes like yes. fantasy world um, because in my meta plot canon of like the game it is tied to the Grumblehammer universe in that it is in the imaginative like basically the world of imagination like where like all human dreams and thought kind of coalesce. Into like a fantasy mismatch place. Yeah, so there was like a continent devoted to like steampunk and a continent devoted to anime. Yeah, yeah, uh, all that kind of thing. And and they're all like kind of connected via this like mysterious foggy ocean called the Sea Between. Uh, it's like basically like a dimensional expanse of yep. like different pocket worlds. And it's basically like core, be- like all human belief ends up in this space. So that's why there's all these D and D characters and stuff like that and fantasy things. Basically, if enough people uh, believe it or dream it, then it becomes a reality there. Yeah, and so and that was basically my. My, my head cannoning away to like anything goes magic wise because it's the world of belief and imagination. It's all these different like fantasy, fantasies, mythologies, and fandoms. Um, and one of the other core concepts I wanted for this campaign was table talk is canon. So anything you guys say at the table becomes literal in the game. So if you guys are bullshitting, oh yeah, this something happens. Like, yeah, that happened. That happens. This thing pops up out of nowhere and attacks you because you guys said it in the in on uh, a side chatter. Like, yeah, side chatter was canon, um, and it made for a very fun, goofy fantasy world that you guys took way too like took far serious, more serious than I thought you would do. Which is kind of a uh, a um, common trend when when um, Chris develops a game that is meant to be. Like a serious, goofy and comical. Yeah, yeah. Then we take it very seriously. And then and when we, it's when it's a game that is developed to be super serious, we our characters take it very comically. But I think part of that is because when you go super serious, it's also very dark. Yeah. So our well, characters yeah. are deflecting through humor. Yeah. Um, whereas humor when it's when sport. it's a comical one, our characters are super serious because that's the world they live in. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. And. And the, I I have eventually made peace with that. I, I went with the flow with that, where it's like you know I get uh, I care so much yet so little, <laughs> like that that was basically the mantra I was going by every time we played that world was just yep. like I care so much about how so little I do about this, and that was I adopted that from one of my friends Greg from uh, from various <coughs> uh, from another podcast, the Drunk and the Ugly, and also the Wrong Clocks podcast, where he he was just he's a really good improver. And he will just go with the flow of things and be really silly when he. Uh, and most of his games are very silly and just like kind of whimsical when, yeah. he, when he comes up with uh, with his improv. So I kind of adopted that that mentality and that mantra 
in this campaign. Um, so it takes place on the continent of Tufelmeyer, which is funny because it's the name of a, uh, a biome on the continent. Yeah. Um, the, the giant, uh, like basically giant swamp expanse called the Tufelmeyer, uh, which also means devil swamp. Um, okay. That's where that comes from. Um, and it's, uh, so the continent itself is basically, if you took the Avalon Peninsula of Newfoundland and smashed it into Pence, uh, Prince Edward Island, that, uh, that I took both those, those, uh, those land masses off of a map and combined them in Photoshop and drew them and drew out the outline for the, for the, for the continent. Okay. Um, and then I would later take the, the, the Avalon Peninsula in full and use that for a small island that's off the coast of Tufelmeyer, <laughs> Tufelmeyer, uh, for our, uh, for our Dungeon West game, the, uh, the Frontiersman games. Oh. Another, yeah. Yeah, basically, that world became, like, a kind of a root campaign world that, like, a bunch of other games kind of, spin-off games kind of came off of. Like, we have, um, yeah, like, we have the, um, uh, the Dat World core. Yeah. But then, uh, you, once we finish season one, uh, again, spoilers for anybody who, um, uh, wants to, uh, or wants to just give this a uh, listen, you go check it out now, um, come back to this after the session, after you've listened to the campaign, um, but we're gonna keep going. Um, so yeah, Dat World had about, uh, uh, had a, uh, a full season, basically, that ended with a, uh, uh, a climactic battle between uh, a Donald Trump troll man and uh, and uh, your own creation that started from session one, yeah. um, which we'll get to in a sec because that's that's we got to talk about Gerald. Yes, because um, he's also been. We got to talk about the, uh, the, the the ogre the, the, in the room. Yeah, the, yeah. The, we got to talk about that ogre in the room. Um, please tell me I'm a troll, not an ogre. There's a difference. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so that one we had like Aaron eventually. Ran a, a couple of games um, called the Balthazark. Yeah. Um, Sorry. Sorry. You know it's fine. No, no. I, I love. I liked the man. Um, no, one I day I think we finished them. You know what we should do for like uh, for completing it? We should do a Baron Munchausen uh, thing where we're all sitting around a tavern explaining how we got like like explaining the like and just kind of improving and role playing the adventures that we had. <laughs> And how we got to this point back yeah. at the back at the tavern in the uh, at the I think it was the the Blue Milk Bar or something in the in in Gabbleton. Is the is the there's actually there's actually an RPG called, <gasps> for for Baron Munchausen. Baron Munchausen. That sounds nasty. <laughs> so contagious. Yeah, yeah. And again, that that was kind of the the, the that is kind of the, uh, fitting in with the theme of Dat World because Dat World was supposed to be like Discworld. Goofy, like and goofy and like epic and fantastical kind of BS. Like literally, the 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 campaign's like intro music, like intro theme is like is like kind of a a, de- a radio jockey talking about a fantasy world. Yeah. So um, that was kind of the uh, the the motif was like silly fantasy. You guys, we all wanted to play D anD D, but I w- uh, but my only way of playing D anD D was not being serious with it because I it, it was I was it's hard for me to like get serious about D anD D. Like I'd, I I like horror stuff i get i get serious into horror i get fun and goofy adventure in in normal D. occasionally I'll, I'll step into some epic stuff or some like some some serious stuff um yeah so we had like uh your your battles arc that we will at one point maybe we'll we'll get around to like finishing that because i i it's still i'm not removed i'm not gonna like it will uh well i'll wait till include it wait until uh when we do that like kind of like finisher session Fair. Um, but we also did um, uh, Myth's End, which is another campaign that will get posted um, that stemmed from basically like 
the aftermath of, of Balthazar go, getting taken. Yes. Um, and then we ran. Uh, there is uh, the uh, the food kind of very food centric one with, with, that we ran with the uh, uh, the Tenocon boys. Um, uh, that's set in another part of uh, of Dat- of Tufelmeyer. Um and I've had other ideas like for other settings because like the thing about da- uh, Tufelmeyer is that uh, I've actually made an Arcano graphic map. Okay. So where magic, how high magic levels are in different parts of the of the world, and that actually um, augments Wait, the kind of fantasy. Arcano? Yeah, Arcano, uh, an Arcano graphic map. So it's like a geographic map. Oh, okay. But it shows like basically where okay. the where the high. You said Arcano, and that's the uh, that's the the D and D that Dresden plays. Oh, okay, right. And, and I wasn't sure if you were if you were mixing words up or. No. Like just word salading or something? No, I, I did come up with that term because I didn't know what else okay. to call it. <laughs> but um, but yeah, basically, like depending on where you are in Tufelmeyer, there's different types of fantasy being played or being at play. Like there's um, like dungeon crawling or like literally. I think the, I think the one of the big like core concepts of Dat World was um, crawling dungeons, dungeons that would pop out of the ground and start crawling around or appearing into the landscape and then like adventurers would be going there and adventuring into these dungeons that had just appeared out of the ground because that's how like densely how dense the magic was that it was creating these portals or or just manifesting these dungeons that would pop straight out of the ground and that was the basic initial pro uh like idea i had for like adventures in dat world was the uh was the crawling dungeons so well, I guess, okay, so, yeah, we should probably, uh, so, yeah, a lot of the, the different, we, basically, it was the pivotal, like, root of a bunch of different uh, fantasy games that we ended up running. Um, so, let's start with, uh, let's, 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 get, let's begin with, um, with a certain, certain God, imaginary Gerald. troll that became not so imaginary. Oh, Gerald. <laughs> and you'll, you'll, if, if, if you're still listening to us before you go and check it out, like, I think it's, it's session one is literally yeah. called The Legend of Gerald. I have no idea. Session, yeah, session one is called The Legend of Gerald, and it's it, it is basically the opus. Like we we start off the gate strong with like how ridiculous our that game was gonna be. Fuck, and we did it so well, and it was really just for a like, troll that was that was uh that was guarding a bridge from Christians. So that we didn't have to fight him to pass it. <laughs> yeah. Because we were level one characters, we weren't sure we'd be able to take them. Yeah. <laughs> and then you guys ended up fighting a level nine crocodile. Yes, and we cheated and won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was a thing. I honestly think like this. This was also the start of like of like my 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 uh, my uh, my interest or my my more appealing like or appeal to um, inventive combat, like not having not doing like straight combat, but having inventive ways of getting around combat. Yeah, yeah. Like, and that's that's always been kind of something that I've really enjoyed myself because I'm a wizard. Yeah. Uh, that's one of the big reasons why I like being a wizard. It's not that I like hurling fireballs at everything as the solution. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the more inventive ways are way more fun. Yeah. Like, if, you, uh, if you've got all of your enemies stuck in a house and you have access to Wall of Ice, well, just cover the whole house in ice. That, that'll seal the windows. Now they have to break through the windows and your Wall of Ice in order to get out. And there's a finite amount of air in there. You could literally suffocate them all. Yeah. Kind of like ties into like old school, again, old school Dungeon, Dungeon and Dragons where it's like, um, where like, all right, yeah, like uh, you, you walk into this room and there's a bunch of ogres and stuff of like that. It's like, all right, well, um, I have a, uh, a barrel of oil 
in my uh, in my pocket or in my in my my, in my inventory. Can I just chuck that in and cast a fireball and then close the door? Because <laughs> they all gotta they they or the, their trolls will regenerate, not if they die of suffocation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Like that kind of like mentality of like like creative thinking without like necessarily going into like a full on combat. Yeah, yeah, and then, like that that level of creative thinking was was kind of the. Uh... Uh, um, and and that was that was another big part of that campaign was that um, um, the protected animals and stuff. So, yeah, the de- or Detla, the druids uh, for the ethical treatment of legendary animals. Yeah, 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 yeah. Detla. Um, Detla would come after you if you if you killed a legendary animal, even though they would respawn. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, because no, well, because the magical animal would would then go to Detla um, and 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 say like, hey, these guys, basically it was like like it's like the nineties, like. Oh, it's like it's like. Do you have any idea what you're gonna, we're gonna do to you? You're gonna pound my face. What are you talking about? This is the '90s. We're gonna sue you. <laughs> like that was kind of the thing. It's like yeah, basically they go to the uh, to Detla to like basically file a lawsuit to you for like killing them. <laughs> but yeah, and then that also introduced uh, Jimmy Two Hands. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or Captain right. Hook. Yeah, right, right, right. But yeah, but sorry. The whole going back. Thing with yeah. Detla. Um, that was one of the reasons why we were propag- propagating the myth of Gerald was to deflect. Uh, to deflect uh, uh, interest away yeah, from us, from you guys, and then because this world is is basically like imagination given form, like you guys coming up with a legend is going to make that legend happen at some point. Well, yeah, and and we kept spreading the word, and the the stories got more and more fantastical, and there started being like radio shows and shit about yeah, it. Yeah, because the trolls had uh, had had basically developed uh, radio. Yeah, uh, or like radio broadcasts and stuff, and uh, and eventually, because enough people believed in it, he just spontaneously popped into being. Yeah, that, that was awesome. It was awesome. That's uh, one of my favorite things that's ever happened in a D and D is having having a creation that you bullshitted in like by session one and kept that myth going. That the myth became real. Yeah. Yeah, oh, and I really loved bullshitting about it. I yeah, really I know, I know you did. I, I definitely cultivated that every time. Like you, you were got really excited to do it. So every time, like uh, you tried to bullshit something, I was just like, "All right, everybody, shut up." What's Aaron going to improv now? <laughs> what's, what's Aaron going to tell oh, a story about now? That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. So yeah, if you're listening, if you've been listening to like our our Shadowrun games and even some of the other ones, um, and you're wondering why we drop we drop this like character named Gerald, Gerald is the troll that Aaron as Balthazar. Also, yeah, you're, we never even introduced your character's names. Oh, so Aaron plays uh, Balthazar. Um, Balthazar Romanoff. He is a wizard. Um, he's got a lot of titles, but they are unfortunately in my briefcase, which is over there and covered in stuff. So. Um, he has a lot of titles, and he is always introduced with all of the titles. Yep. Uh, I think one of the more prominent ones is the Herald of Gerald. Yes, uh, he um, is the Herald yeah, of Gerald. Yeah, you guys ended up creating not only a mythical, like, folkloric hero char- like, character in Gerald, you also ended up creating a religion that continued to, fr- that thrived. Like, I think by the time we guys get back from Miss End and go come back to De- Tufelmeyer, Gerald's, uh, Gerald's cult will have become a prominent religion. In, da- in Tufelmeyer. Oh, fuck. And we used, like, illusion magic so much. Oh, yeah. Like, so much. And it was it was actually really neat for me because it was the first time I was really playing a wizard that, that used a fair bit of illusion. Like, because normally I prefer physical effects. Yeah. But for this game, like, again, for, you guys for were... For this game, yeah. teleportation... Or not teleportation, but illusion was really important because we were propagating the myth of a... Of a legendary troll. Yeah. So 
he was actually seen doing things sometimes. Yeah, you you basically like you faked it till you made it. Yeah. <laughs> no, one hundred percent. That that is basically the game. The game's like core, like one of the core like uh, moments of this campaign was just you guys faking it till you your character until you inadvertently made your uh, your monster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then. God. Oh yeah, and then oh, yeah, our another game that came out of that one was our uh, was our short lived port side campaign, where you guys were um, where we had like uh, Doug, uh, um, uh, oh, Dave's right, character, right, right. his his dog the man, boy. yeah, the animus character, which is basically um, it's like a dog creature that's been spawned from or been gifted uh, a more like kind of almost like an anthropomorphic form by a god, and we had that Gerald had given this dog an anthropomorphic like. Um, divine guardian form. Yes, and he was a paladin of Gerald. Yeah, and I played a cat. Mm-hmm. But um, going back to that world, there's a lot of fun moments in that game. Um, like I don't want to go spoil too much uh, for anybody still listening to this before they go and listen to the campaign. But like I, I threw the, we threw the gambit. Like we had. We had traditional D and D stuff. Like you had Noel, Noel, the grassy, the grassy knolls. Mm-hmm. Um, we had Nyarlathotep, like we had Cthulhu myth. I, I threw, I, I did, I did throw in Cthulhu mythos uh, in certain spots. Like there was a, a job where you guys could have either worked with Nyarlathotep to kill. We had the cube from Hellraiser. Yeah, we. Yeah, I used the, well because I was borrowing from like you. I was also this is also the game of like I want you guys to have as much fun as possible. So I'm I'm using things that you guys like, mm-hmm. and I knew that Nathan loved Hellraiser, and Pathfinder has a race of of basically Cenobites now. We had a crate dragon from uh, Star Wars. Yeah, there was a crate dragon um, that was actually a dragon with a crate. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a turtle. Yeah, um, and because of a, of, a, of a passing like pagan deity of like Christmas, um, a whole region of of Tufamire that you guys were walking through had been turned into a basically like a Christmas land. Christmas town. Yeah, basically. Um, uh, yeah, there was I, I, a couple of the, mi- the missions I tried to leave, like, I tried to give you guys, like, a chance to, like, do things that would, uh, like, basically, like, you had to make a choice. So, like, the, the Nia Lithotep one, um, he wanted you to get rid of or dispose of a cop, uh, what he called a copycat or copy, or, uh, like a copycat, which is basically, I know, I knew that a bunch of D&D monsters were just basically um, ripoffs of, of Cthulhu monsters. Mm-hmm. So I, I said, like, so he wanted you to go after a gibbering mouther um, at an abolith obelisk um because the aboliths are basically like a great old one ripoff uh and the gibbering mouther is a ripoff of um of the uh of the shoggoth mm-hmm. but in but then on you on you guys were heading over that way you were also asked by the D uh, by the by basically a representative of the D monster guild <laughs> to take out a shoggoth rather than the gibbering mouther and you guys end up going with the uh the deal with the gibbering mouther which is probably the better move because shoggoth Hmm? Well, Nyarlathotep, you don't, probably don't want to get on his bad side. Mm-hmm. But also, Shagas are a lot more powerful than the Gibbering Mouther. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Pathfinder was the system we used for this one. Um, and Aaron, Aaron was... Uh, oh, was, we played it fast and loose with the rules. Yeah, as we've always done. We've yeah. never really... I, I can't play it by rule, like, fully by rules. I think the Shadowrun was... The, Shadowrun's been the closest I've ever tried to, like, running it close to the rules. Yeah. And there's been a little bit of friction with that, um, like, near the later... Because uh, uh, there's a lot of material to learn or to remember. 
So much. So it does kind of bog down the game. So I think, but I think with like Dat World and Pathfinder, like we were all familiar with D20. We're all familiar with D&D. And Pathfinder is just 3.5. Well, 3.75. 3.75, yeah. So it wasn't too hard to, to grasp. No, and when we didn't know the rules, we just went with what we already knew from uh, from D&D. And we can fix our our knowledge later. Yeah. Yeah, this was not a serious game, like in that respect either. Like again, I think that because like we didn't we're taking it that seriously from the from the rules point of view. We were just trying to have fun. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, like and yeah, a lot of a lot of zany fantasy uh moments. Um a lot of weird stuff, like again, like rolled the reambit, like I had like traditional D things you guys were going after, we had Lovecraftian things you guys were going after, weird shit that was just like modern like like things that I like D and Dified from modern stuff. Oh, and this is where Dave first came in. Yeah, and then we yeah yeah. So so Nathan was also one of the original players. Um, he was playing Sabrina, a teenage witch, mm-hmm. uh, because of the way he rolled his character. He actually ran. I think he ro- randomly rolled his character, uh, his age and some of that, and ended up being like eighteen teenager. or something like that. Yeah. So we decided to go with that. Um, we did have. I can't remember. Did Kyle was Kyle in this game? I don't. I think Kyle. I think Kyle made a character for this game, but he never played. I think you could be right because we were making the we made. I remember character creation that we didn't record. We didn't. I don't think we uh, we recorded the character creation for this game. Yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah. Miles, um, our our buddy Miles played. Oh, he um, was in it briefly for a session uh, yep. where he was a were zebra, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he was gone. <laughs> uh, he was actually from the Grumblehammer. His character was actually from my first uh, Cthulhu game I ever ran for the, for a group, and it was oh. set in basically proto Grumblehammer universe. Okay. Um, and his character was basically his investigator from that game, who had fa- who was following a cult um, somewhere in Alberta, and he got knocked out and woke up in in that world. So my 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 guess is like my canon I think is that like man the cult... he resisted joining the party so, <laughs> so hard. hard he does that he does that every game really remember remember your trisol playtests oh yeah 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 um sorry for everybody listening to quote another campaign that hasn't been posted yet um. But um, yeah, so Miles played a um, a guy named uh, Hammond, uh, who is a agent in the in the modern in the real world in the physical world who got teleported to the fantasy world by a cult and was given and as a result of like where he teleported he went to like Zebra House, which is like a some weird like witch house that like curses you for uh, with lycanthropy of the zebra variety, mm-hmm. and so he's trying to find a cure for it and Sabrina as Nathan uh, gave him a a treatment not a cure. Um, because she was, um, you guys were all very business savvy in this game as well. Like you were all clerical, clerical wizards. Yep, yep, bureaucratic mages. Yeah, basically. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Dave eventually showed up um, around the time of the uh, the, uh, uh, the the Cenobite, the Hellraiser uh, session, uh, because you guys were in a horror fantasy part of the world. Yes, and so that's what was going on. You guys were at a banquet. Yeah, there was a banquet, and then a giant hell cube appeared in the sky and like latched onto the onto the hotel that you guys were, or like the chalet you guys were at. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Dave's character was Hanzo uh, Hitachi or Hitari. Basically, he was like um, uh, he was a, uh, uh, a he was a the offspring of Jago from Killer Instinct and a character from and a character from I think Street Fighter. Okay, um, was his character was his character's background because again, like it's that world. It's supposed to be like like multiple fandoms and mythologies and stuff like that. Yeah, um, and like he was from the continent of anime and like and like and like weeaboo Japanese culture kind of like uh, like um, culture kits and stuff like that. Um, 
And uh, yeah, he found himself on that world, and that so that's so, that, so we had this like ninja uh, guy. trained by the four great Hanzos. Yes, <laughs> Hanzo, like a bunch of three Hanzos, Hanzos from 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 various video games, and Hanzolo. Yep. <laughs> um, God, that game was so silly. Yeah, so if you like silly fantasy games, you're gonna probably like this game. Yeah, um, yeah. we were also very business oriented. So if you like um, economical games. Then yeah, it works too. Mm-hmm. And then we had a ranger, Crystal Chris. Mm-hmm. The other Chris in the group um, made a ranger named Pacer. Yeah, MC Pacer, and um, he was a Chris character, so he's very crude. And uh, but he he also took this character a lot more serious. Yes, which again is funny because it's a very not serious game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely learned. Um, it's like that. It's like that saying: GM's plans fall completely. Flat in the face of the of the uh, the the true horror that is the players. Yep, it's just like the the GM GM's plans will run counter to what the players are thinking for their game <laughs> for the game. Mm-hmm. So yeah, how much, what else do we want to talk about before we um like what else do we want to talk about that world? Like I don't really want to spoil too much for people. I'm trying to keep vagaries, but just to give you a, just to give people a feeling of like what they're of what they can expect from this game. Um, I think we've given them quite a bit. Yeah. Um, uh, especially with the, with the, we haven't really given many details about it, but, uh, with Gerald. Yeah, Gerald. Gerald is, like, a cornerstone of this world. Yeah, he was a keystone. Like, and he's, he's still, like, when we go back to that world on, in other games, like, he's still referenced. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's constantly referenced in other games too, like other games that aren't even in that world, <laughs> like our like our uh, like our Shadowrun game, because like that was a missed opportunity from uh, Dave's part in that in our Shadowrun game, not making a troll that was Gerald named Gerald. He could have played Gerald as yeah. a Shadowrunner. <laughs> yeah, he could have, could have. Yeah. So yeah, um, I guess base brass tacks. Uh, if you like, if you're into like pathfind like fast and loose Pathfinder or D and D style like fantasy games where the people are just there to have fun and like be silly about the world while also having their players be serious about the about the silliness it was it was seriously silly yes um then you'll probably enjoy it uh and um we we hope you'll enjoy it and uh and you'll check it out you continue you'll check out the whole thing if you have any questions regarding it feel free to send me uh emails at crazonstudios at gmail.com c r a z o n s t u d i o s at gmail.com, uh, and we will, um, I will relay any comments or critiques and questions or whatever to the other players as we get them, uh, if we get them. So, uh, yeah, we hope you enjoy, and, um, see you next time. Bye, internet! Goodbye!